<clears throat> Hi everyone, you are listening to uh, Record Night. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. This is a show where each episode we pull a record off our respective shelf, put it on for the other, and then we are thoughts after our initial listen. Yeah, kind of just like a record night, like hanging out. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> a plan where one part uh, review, one part analyzing, yeah. and then a third part just hanging out with you. Like we're about to do. Oh yeah. That's... So, uh, last Monday... I saw The Witch on the big screen, and the Screenline Armor here in Kansas City, they released uh, Torn Label's new beer, The Witch. And this is actually Ryan's first time. I fucking love it. Oh, it's like purple. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty beer. Like, you want, I was going to give you a beer glass, but I fucking forgot. Sorry. Yeah, oh well. <laughs> we're not sponsored by Torn Label, but Torn Label, if you want to sponsor us. Yeah, we're all about free. it. So it's Black Ale, Throatsberry Sage, and Black Current, which I've never actually had Black Current in a beer. Oh, like, no, like... I've had it in beers plenty of times. It's just not in person if I ever had black currant. So have you seen a black currant now? I, I mean, I taste it all oh. the time. But as far as I remember, they just kind of look like a raisin. Kind of tastes like uh, raspberries. Have I give you my my uh, my thoughts on raisins themselves? Do I want to know? <laughs> okay, I think raisins ruin almost everything. <laughs> disagree. I can. I strong. <laughs> I strongly disagree. So, but I also just don't have much of a sweet tooth. Oh, so you're you're all about savory. Yeah, well, I'm just, I don't like things to be too sweet, because then I, I don't know, I, I get tired of them really quickly, and raisins kind of sit in that zone of, like, it's sweet, but it's not overwhelming. You know, I just got a call from that lady who wanted, who thought I cut grass again. Uh-oh. And silent. <laughs> sorry, for, sorry, listeners. So, so raisins and things like that, it's just kind of like, I mean, I don't eat it like candy, but I feel sure. like I'm like a piece of candy and I'm done now. I, I'm like, officially I was old. one of those people that when I went trick or treating, um, and they gave me raisins. I was kind of pissed off. Like, like, like. <laughs> well, uh, you definitely should not give out raisins. Okay, for, for Halloween. Halloween, I'm not. I'm not dying on the hill of raisins. I'm just saying I think raisins are pretty good. So, uh, real quick before we get to. Uh, oh, also, this beer is delicious. Okay, good. That's and what I like. It. Yeah, we're not a beer review show, yeah. but <laughs> uh, to to make this more of an authentic record night experience and more since i i sneakily transformed this into one what i wanted my just personal record night. oh yeah 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 everyone brings a beer that we try <laughs> everyone introduces what they want to listen to everyone shuts up and listens to the music and then we talk about it afterwards yeah. so um tonight we're gonna be talking about boniver's new one i i which came out i mean long after this recording long, right. long before the recording but uh, well we we did run into some issues trying to get this yeah. off the ground. Um, yeah, so being sick, being busy, yeah, computer disagreeing yeah, yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, last time I did this fucking um, the lo- the lost episode that was yeah, never recorded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you came over for that sole purpose, and we didn't do shit. We're with one it. episode in, and we already have a lost episode. And the second record there was doing the avant-garde, avant-garde metal stalwarts. Maybe uh, they're kind of all over the place. I think it's hard to kind of put them into a box yeah. but i've seen lately on their instagram they're posting concert flyers and they're referring to themselves now in their current iteration with their current sound as avant goth avant goth yes. so ko dot blasphemy yeah is there <laughs> is their new album how's it oh it, i think it's good but you well we'll, we'll find see. out yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um so uh which one do you want to do first I guess we can flip a coin or something. Yeah, let's do it. You, uh, you do. Yeah, oh, there we go. All right, what do you think? Heads, tails? Uh, heads. Heads. 
Tails. So, so I guess I'm going first. Yeah, so uh, why don't you give a little introduction about KO Dot real quick? Yeah, and then I'll. Oh, yeah, because you're. Got the, I got the fancy collection. Yeah, yeah, I remember mean, you actually took a picture of the box with it, and I was like. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's really cool. I don't, I don't usually. I get collector's editions of like movies and stuff, maybe. Um, I kind of dialed back on getting them for games. I, I get them for all the records I want. <laughs> like, like, if it's colored even better, but like. Like they're like special uh, cover. I'm like it's mine now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So Ko Dot, they formed from uh, this other band called Modlin of the Well, um, which they're they're closer to the avant metal, progressive metal, which is kind of how I got into them originally. As I was like, oh, I love Look at that guy. I, yeah, it's like I like I like weird shit. I like progressive metal, and they were. They were pretty cool. They had a style where, or their composition style was the members would all uh, astral project or lucid dream. Oh, shit. And then bring back sounds they heard from their dreamscapes and then write music about it. So how legit do you think that is? Well, I they say astral project. I threw in lucid dream. <laughs> okay. Like, um, like, we dream- I think... They think or thought that it was a legitimate thing. I don't think they were trying to fake that or mm-hmm. try to come up with any cool story or anything. Uh, but they did uh, two albums, and they didn't break up, but I think their style changed enough that they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're KO Dot now. Yeah. Um, and then since then, they had some lineup changes, and now they refer to themselves as like a music collector. So, so, so is it more than one person, or is it one person who's maining it? It's one person who's kind of maining it and writing most of the music, which okay. is Toby Driver, okay. who he multi instrumentalist. Like oh, yeah. He plays a lot of stuff. He composes super prolific. Yeah. Like eight studio records, right? Like, you think I saw eight? Koda has eight records. Uh, yeah, I think this will be their eighth. Modlin of the Well had three. Driver himself maybe has three. Um. But just this year, I think he's released three. One solo project, one where he did the meat project, yeah. and then KO Dot. So I don't know why I associate this and the KO Dot, but do you know who Cloud Kicker are? Nope. Well, <laughs> which does work well with this album, um, which I'll get into the story of it because it's a concept album. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, but clouds and stuff like that mm-hmm. is a huge focus on this. Um, but as far as their sound goes, one reason, like, they're always changing, and it's right. so it's to go in and say they're an avant-garde metal group. Or, it's not the right way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, they have a couple avant-garde metal albums. Um, so but it, I heard a lot of people refer to them in the jazz aspect of this, and he vehemently denies this. Because it's all through composed. Like, he, he composes every oh, part of it. And like jazz is still improvised. Exactly. Although he did train under a jazz musician. I went through and, like, went through all his, like, Reddit stuff. Yeah. So I was, I did a lot of research. Um, he also doesn't like albums being called, like, studio efforts. He wants people. This is Kodox Tot's latest attempt. So. Um, so uh, they've, they've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they started off. I would say their first two albums are avant-garde metal. Okay. Which, even then, it, when you say avant-garde metal, you kind of get this, like, oh, it's metal that's weird. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's everyone's, like, when you say they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because avant-garde can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Exactly. And so when you say avant-garde, it just means, like, all over the place, sort of. Yeah, I think it's all very consistent. He does some really cool things, but it sounds a lot more like 
classical music that like still pretty out there classical music but with like a metal palette okay so it's like you've got these really nice like harmonies happening there's not a lot of repetition you're not really getting like groove or anything in it yeah um but it's guttural scream uh, yelling and like heavy distorted guitar and like blast beats um and then you're like well this is kind of weird in a classical music kind of uh <laughs> uh context he's yeah. got violins and stuff in there and that's kind of how you get that's the first two albums okay got choirs of the eye and dousing anemone and copper tongue yeah i saw uh i went to the wikipedia because i had to. yeah <laughs> and um and i saw like he released three records in two years mm-hmm. and um, i'm like jesus fuck like because i knew like king gizzard and they were releasing what four this year oh they're on two this year but they did five last year <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just it's hard to keep up sometimes man yeah um and then you get to i would say controversial ko dot mm-hmm. or divisive ko dot where they come out with lambency downward like okay i'm not gonna make a rock album so it's all just like pretty like unaffected guitar Mm -hmm. a lot of like clarinet a lot of violin self and just the violin player and then the rest of the band was like studio musicians yeah because i guess uh for album the band he had picked up uh they had a lot of infighting because hired some guy and then he's like oh i want my high school buddies to come in and fill out this band then they all like direction or internal mute Iote. like each one kind of has its own little like thought or idea where it's like the first two are kind of that avant-garde right. mm-hmm. classical metal kind right. of sound uh blue Lam- lambency downward is about as close as it has kind of like a chamber jazz like very small then you get to coyote which is one piece yeah. like one whole kind of piece broken into five parts that's all based around this like synth bass riff right which it's like with oh, i'll get back i'll get you're, back you're to all this. about synth though aren't you not you're, particularly i think if you get it sounding john right, carpenter sits right oh yeah <laughs> i like 80s synth give me that like crew cruising down the highway <laughs> pumping synth sounds hotline miami soundtrack <laughs> um so people kind of hate those two albums how do you feel about them uh i think they're interesting i i think a lot of people again focus too much on this avant-garde metal which like they want it what to they be would, what they would think it should sound like right exactly they uh-huh. want they wanted metal right because that's kind of what he's been known for you come from Maudlin of the well which is aggressive metal sound and then now it's like kind of it like it's purposefully not a rock album right um and then it ko dot kind of lost a lot of fans with that one with those two since they weren't very like heavy just kind of didn't seem to gain a lot of traction so they did uh one album where they went back to metal and they tried to do like a almost like a black metal aesthetic right but they recorded it so low budget like they just plugged into the soundboard at a concert okay so like a black metal record (laughs) yeah yeah like it worked, but a lot of people didn't like the production on it. Yeah. Um, they crowdsourced their next one, which I really like. It's my favorite of theirs called Hubardo. Did you donate? No, I didn't know it existed <laughs> okay. after the album came out. But it's my favorite of theirs. It's probably an album that... It has my favorite lyrics. Like I just sat down and read through the lyrics yeah. the other night. Yeah. Um, and they kind of embraced the... like 
avant-garde metal mm -hmm. like you listen to that one and they do things that are distinctly metal in it yeah. there's a lot more like repetition there's there's they, they have the blast beats and the stuff like that but he specifically did it so it is kind of like a rock record there's right. hooks and uh things on there but it's is it's there clean out singing? there there yeah there's clean singing okay, there's well, uh there's like some shrieking there's like some guttural yeah. stuff it's all really cool um which the lyrics for that were written by jason byron which is a name to remember because it comes up a lot in uh blasphemy oh yeah i was uh reading that he gets a lot of lyrical uh, he does he does most lyrical stuff yeah, he wrote yeah. he wrote a whole like miniature uh like i would say like epic poem almost that hubardo is based on okay uh, and then you get to then we start getting a weird ko dot okay <laughs> i think it was a label dispute maybe not a dispute a thing where he was composing music mm -hmm. and he was like oh this is gonna be like a new thing and they're like no ko dot has the brand recognition or something <laughs> so this is gonna be a ko dot album and it's it's off dark wave album after this big epic metal thing just like oh this kind of sounds like the cure this, this new record sounds no like? no, no we're we're <laughs> sorry we're still too removed <laughs> sorry that's coffins of io uh which i really like yeah um and then he did plastic classic house on base of sky mm -hmm. which only ko dot i don't like okay um it's got a cool idea he watched some like this like anime composer from like the 80s which sure. i think 80s anime has great music i like the soundtracks um but this one just uh, it doesn't quite click with me yeah um and then we get blasphemy which i think combines the things that worked on plastic house at base of sky yeah uh the things that really worked on coffins of io and they kind of like smoothed stuff out one one reason i was a little nervous about doing a look at that it's giant yeah, box i know <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a second uh do, about doing a ko dot album is very they've got a weird it's it's recognizable as music yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's not as far out there as like like atonal stuff yeah. or uh 12 tone or any like that just like we're gonna break down music bare levels and then smash it and say yeah. still say it's music i mean i like that stuff i mm -hmm. indulge in that stuff um but there's something just so very specific with toby driver and yeah i, I like it's so weird and and it's just like listening to someone speak a foreign language where you're like i recognize that you're speaking something i don't know what i don't know quite what you're saying and it sounds cool so it's like i don't know what you're doing but it's like yeah um but then we get to blasphemy which i it it's pretty it's got some kind of recognizable stuff on there yeah, i think yeah, it's yeah. definitely their most it's a good entry album okay um maybe it none of their stuff sounds the same so it, it's hard to say like it doesn't sound like any of their stuff because nothing really yeah um but it's it's really cool so um so we'll continue to get to that i keep slowly opening the box <laughs> yeah, i'm like because uh, i'm all staring like oh what is that <laughs> um, so it's based on a novel that's coming out by jason mm -hmm. byron um so it's for sure coming out yeah okay um this uh collector's edition of it comes with two chapters from the book mm -hmm. which i've read mm -hmm. and i really want that book to come yeah. out because it's really cool um, so the whole thing is, it's based on the book, so it's a big concept album. Right. Um, and it, it's really cool. I think the whole the whole 
concept is it's a world where there's a bunch of like many continents kind of like these islands floating in the sky or they're they're still attached to the earth but there's this dense layer of clouds under everything that's made okay. up of like i want to say like sulfuric acid okay so it's like you can't fall into it yeah um but everyone's just super high above the earth um so kind of clouds and lots so of the okay. album sounds very like airy and cloudy and there's a lot of like shifting sounds and stuff um so it comes with a map nice uh of the world um one of the things toby driver had said about ko dot is he thinks of their music as almost like a final fantasy overworld okay gotcha. uh where each little oh so town or is uh is an album of theirs so oh that's uh that's one of their albums so it's kind of fun to like look at this and be like i wonder what album i wonder which album zomos represents i wonder if they uh they had chocobos to get there probably not because there's no this is all this is all clouds that if you fall into it it'll oh, cool, both yeah. crush you to death yeah. and melt your body away so probably no chocobos right uh so it comes with these kind of what would you say like six by twelve really nice prints oh yeah yeah uh so it comes with the map which i will i'll actually keep out because this is important of the story having this x marks the spot on there uh fan members uh Shots from like the world, uh, kind of a closer shot of front cover. This other one looks very black metal. Yes, it does look <laughs> a little black metal. Um, and so it came with the album. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just normal, normal thing you would expect, but it's on super heavy clear vinyl, which I love. It is super heavy. Nice. Is, is this 180 gram? I think so. Oh. Uh, Which is probably one of the heavier ones. Because as I record have. nerds, we both love 180 gram and we both love color vinyl. And when they're, when they're together, it's the best thing on the planet. Yeah. But I will say, I will not pay extra for colored vinyl. Oh, no. no. You'll pay <laughs> extra for 180 gram, though, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and then this was actually one of the coolest parts and why I decided to spring for the box. Okay. Um, it's got the lyrics in it, uh, it has a CD copy of the album. Okay, good. So got if you're the, one of those dudes. <laughs> yeah. Got the got the lyrics and some uh it's a hardcover book. Yeah. Um some more pictures, art books, two chapters from the book. Mm -hmm. But then it has this. It's a collaboration between Kodot and Wet Math. Okay. Who is uh kind of an independent uh electronic artist. He, uh Wet Math went in and made which is it's more or less a remix album okay. of the album. Uh, but it's really cool. Oh, yeah, like, I think they work really well together. I'm oh, not yeah? going to force you to listen to both. Okay. But I would definitely recommend checking out Wet Math after you listen to this because he finds just like these really nuggets in the songs and just like Fuck stretches them, them out oh, and does nice. some really cool things. It's like, oh, I didn't even think to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy this album. Um, a lot of their, a lot of their albums are kind of growers sure. for me. Where I'll listen to it for the first time and be like, oh, I mean, that was that was pretty good. This one is probably their most like immediately That's fucking one. great. Nice. Um, but it, it's interesting for a Ko Dot thing. So uh, 
I'm going to let you hold on to that book so you can read the lyrics along with it. Absolutely. And, um, um, and we'll so for you uh, people who are listening at home or wherever you are, if you want to listen to this KO.Record, record, you probably hear it um, on Spotify if you need It's to. definitely on Spotify. Or, or you can go to your local record store and see if they have it there. I'm sure that you would say Hopefully. That. Yeah. And um, so if you, But if you don't care about that, uh, we're going to come back just a second with our thoughts on the record. Yeah, we'll probably, we're going to try to post uh, playlists of the albums we play, if they're available on Spotify sure. or some sort of link so you can listen to it. Uh, but if you don't care to listen to it, wait like 10 seconds and we'll be back to talk about the album. Sounds good. All right, Kyoto's Blasphemy. Okay. Let's what did you what did you think? Okay, so um the first thing I thought, and I, I'm not sure if it follows the same thing. Hold on, let me open my beer. Third beer. Third beer. Are you too drunk to talk no, about this? No, I can definitely talk now? about this. No problems. Because I am, so <laughs> Alright. Um, so um Tim Instant's listening record, I thought very diverse. But there is a theme. You know, I said very diverse, but there's a theme, a sonic theme to the Zodatsorka that, like you said before we uh, listened, before I listened to it, very airy, very vast, expansive. Yeah. Um, it's a big record. Yeah. Um, for anyone who listens to it and say it's not, it's a complete fucking lie. <laughs> right? Because, like, like, I love records that have a sonic theme. Yeah. And this definitely has a sonic theme that it's undeniable every time you listen to a, a sound or song off this record you feel like you were viewing everything from a very high perspective above yeah know? it feel i definitely feel that event i love the narrative it's sci-fi fantasy moments together yeah like i'm i am 100 invested in this uh-huh. and it's like i keep looking and following instagram and whatever stuff just to figure out a release date for the <laughs> novel that this is based on and there is nothing speaking of novels i think you are a guy are you a guy yes that, that um yeah you are a guy <laughs> you are a guy that, i identify as male yes so uh i use a kindle all the time are you a person that would ever use a kindle i'd be fine with kindles but i'm a big fan of records in my big ass oh, boxes yeah. Yeah. i love having my video game collection of having my uh i also like i feel like i want the physical book i like flipping through it and i like when i'm done with something and i know i'm not going to reread it to donate it. and i know that they have like the paper white yeah um, I, I use those which i haven't looked at before but it's like i know for a fact i'm bad at reading off of screen so um i'm gonna uh tell you something that's gonna make me seem like a huge hip- uh make you seem like oh already I are am. yeah <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, um, so I was reading Infinite Jest on a Kindle, and I don't know if you ever read it. Nope. There are tiny, like, a hundred cliff notes, like, little citations you go to. You look at the citation, it takes you to a whole different story. It made Infinite Jest so much more easier instead of flipping back and forth in the book. Oh, like being able to click on yeah, it? Yeah, click on it, it takes you straight there. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so along the lines of like a sonic theme, I think uh-huh. I mentioned early on um, that uh, likes to kind of like focus on like an idea. Yeah. Or something within the music that uh, ever really focuses on. And I think in this one, it was actually like vocal performance. Mm-hmm. 
like he's uh he's very kind of i would say like over the top oh yeah i definitely um, get that sort of it's over the top almost um like musical like like i feel like there's a couple of times where it's like it, it the way he delivers certain lines and certain things like he'll like whisper one line and then he ends it with almost like a like a shouting thing but it's it's nothing i've heard outside of like like a broadway thing so when i talk about when i thought about this record and you told me about um the two different people uh it's toby driver and uh jason byron jason byron there is so much respect between the lyricist and composer it is it is insane like like now I'm, I'm i'm sure that that when uh i'm sure that toby when he presented an idea of what the song could be i can't imagine that byron i'm sure he was like i think we should do more this way because it there's the relationship between the two seems to they have respect for each other it seems like they've worked together for a while um so this one specifically is super interesting in their the way they collaborate with each other um so this one this one as far as i've read they uh like bounced off of each other byron comes up with the ideas like this is his book this is his thing that toby driver is making an album off of Mm -hmm. um so he he writes the lyrics uh this is the first time actually that they've like hey here's some lyrics and then he writes some music and sends it back to him and then he adjusts the lyrics to fix the music and they kind of bounce back and forth so you get a lot of uh what they call like word painting where the music reflects what's happening at that moment in the lyrics happens a lot in this album this is sharply contrasted to hugh bardo yeah which i love like i love hugh bardo i love the lyrics but it was a huge uh complaint with a lot of the uh that what is happening in the music doesn't match at all with what is happening in like there's there's no matching there it's like despite how good the lyrics are so kind of along the same lines of having their own kind of musical language right. is for Ardo. Like, uh, word painting is a huge thing just in music. They're just like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, why? Why? We don't need to match the stuff. So it's, when I was, I was reading through the lyrics the other night for Hugh Bardo, uh, just on their own without the music, just a beautiful, epic poem. And then I'm thinking back to what the music sounds like and the music is. There's so, some parts where it's just so just. Uh, but it's you, like you've only talked about how much Louis sounds. I do. Yeah, yeah. But when you're talking <laughs> about like uh, a poet walking through a beautiful forest, <laughs> and this guy's just like dissonant, like clarinet sounds with the distorted dissonant guitars, some guy screaming over it, and yeah. you're like, I love it in this one. There are a few just that they match it up and I really like hearing that on a KO dot record. So this has made me listen to like like what I thought was like like sure you could work out to this, sure you could be driving around. Mm-hmm. But like my thought when listening to this, like I'm listening to the way it's made me listen to. You know, sitting in a room, reading the lyrics along, trying to dissect it. Which I love I actually wrote it down when you did it. Because I watched you, you were looking at the I let you look at the book thing. Mm-hmm. 
and you set the lyrics down for a second and then reached over for the <laughs> to try to figure out like where they were talking about like trying to like follow the path yeah yeah or do something like you were just like you were very invested in what was happening you're just like i want to know yeah i wanted a idea in my head of what's going on and um i want to talk about some of the characters in this yeah so, i uh, i know at least of two of them because the collector's so, edition came with chapters yeah uh which introduces two of the characters and so, then the rest i gleamed from the lyrics so there's one main character's video. ghoul i gleaned ghoul mystic um girl and girl warden and doll i think girl and doll are the same person get that they could be so <clears throat> sorry yeah uh so the at least the mist the the whole thing in this one is it is three characters getting together mm -hmm. um on an airship because the uh the land is intraversible dense thick layer of clouds that as you get deeper the pressure gets thicker sure. and you acid at least further down into the surface and you just either the pressure crushes you you suffocate or you dissolve to death they mm -hmm. these three characters all with shady past own reasons to seek out this treasure yeah which a guy says search in search of lost relic exactly yeah um they they get together to ride their airship out to this spot where they can drop a hook down uh without it dissolving through these through the clouds and to pull something up a box that has girl in it named blasphemy who has some terrible power or some good power so she cleanses it or kills people that's what i got from it 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 seems more like kind of like a cleansing uh i i picked up some very like feminist vibes to it oh yeah 100 i was thinking that the whole time i was thinking like you know you think about metal back in the 80s and 90s oh yeah this um focuses on this what seems like a very powerful person yes um one that could, you know, like thinking Fifth Element. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, okay, like. so um, there is uh, one of the people on the airship is named Salim, okay. who is one of the kind of mystic type people, yeah. and then the other one is Osmar Color DeFeo. He's the he's the uh, slave trader. Okay, so not nice. <laughs> so <laughs> so I don't know who the third character is though. Warden. Warden might be the third. character. Okay. I'm not sure. And based on the lyrics, I still need to kind of dissect talking about the sleep awake eye. Yeah. Which they bring up a lot uh -huh. and like a mystic watching them. So there might be a fourth party who is watching this shit just go. You guys, um, one, if you have a list to it, fucking turn this off and listen to it. Two, uh, go ahead and look up lyrics if on the internet if you haven't heard them because this is a fascinating fascinating story one thing i do really like about toby driver and ko dot um unlike other bands uh i i'm not looking to call out tool but they're the popping mm -hmm, person mm -hmm, to pop into mm -hmm. my mind they uh release songs but they don't release their lyrics because they want everyone to get their own thing out of it yeah 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 uh these guys on the other hand very much want you to know what so they go online and they release their own lyrics. They release the lyrics along with their stuff. Uh, there's one very specific comment I saw, I think it was on Instagram, where someone was asking like, hey, how can I get the lyrics for this? And he was like, I'll release them this weekend because I don't want someone to misinterpret them on darklyrics.net or something like that. 
So, so I'm sure he's run into a lot of issues of people mishearing things and misconstruing what what they're trying to say. So they absolutely want you to hear them correctly because they're an intrinsic part. So, um, so a lot of thought was put in the side one and side two of this. Like I could tell, like when we started listening to it, a whole different thing happened on side one than on side two when it comes to Sonic Landscape. Yeah. Uh, a whole different story. The the whole different side of the story was told. So it makes me wonder, like you were saying, um, like the story itself, chapter one and chapter two are probably like very different in, in aspects. Only only because they're two different characters. But I'm curious if the daughter book is almost both. Yeah, and so I, I was actually kind of wondering, like, what do you think? Do you think that that the sides themselves were when they were like, okay, this is side one. Because it's so, um, it seems like it was so orchestrated that way. It seems like it. Side one definitely feels a lot more ethereal, um, but then you do also kind of have, like, the heavier moments mm-hmm. um, with kind of, like, the, the more shouting, like, the parts I would say are closer to metal. Yeah. Um, where they're almost, I think they're completely gone on side two. I don't remember any of that that vocal style specifically showing up on side yeah, two. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. But this is um, shit. Sorry, the um, <laughs> vocal vocal patterns in this are very interesting because yeah. the, because it in in itself it seems very composer like in the way that things aren't repeated that often. Mm-hmm. Um, motifs if they are visited are very intentional. Yep. Um, and uh, like I said, respect for story. There's a lot of respect for the story in this, and I. I you don't hear that a lot. You know? No, they um, uh, they care a lot about what they're what they're writing, what they're composing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can break this down into side one, side two. I wrote down notes for. So I, I thought side one was a whole lot more airy. Oh, than definitely. Side, side two, um, yeah. Uh, side two seemed a whole lot more dense in that aspect, but side one had a lot of fluidity. Yeah. What do we got? But <laughs> um, so it opens on Ocean Cumulonimbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the with the name of Nimbus in it, you're gonna think clouds and yeah, I, but also ocean. Yeah, you got an ocean of clouds. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, that's what you thought. Like when you're on a plane, you're like, that was an Arctic landscape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, like like I said, the first like the first side seemed very airy. Lots of lots of um of space for this um weirs yeah. to spread out. And uh I don't know if you saw my face while looking at this, but I was studying intently, mm-hmm. writing, studying intently, looking at the map, which is a uh, fucking crazy. Like looking yeah. at the map and they, they had a very specific vision for what they wanted the listener to hear hear and see. Because uh, you and I are probably saying when we hear a record, we see stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, you have a theme in your mind, color theme, whatever it may be. And I do movie podcasts when we was on suck. You do a video game podcast. Yeah, like a video game analysis kind yeah. of thing. And so I am always looking for vision in this. Right. And not saying we need vision to 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 um to enjoy this record in the least bit, but there is a vision they want you to have. Oh yeah. And. I, there's some records, I mean, it's a concept album. Yeah. They want you to follow along with the concept. So there's some artists out there like, it means whatever you want to mean. <laughs> right? Right. I don't think they want you to think this with this. No. It, 
it they have something they want you to look at. Yep. And I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like take me on the journey you want me to go on. Um specifically, I actually wrote a lot of notes about the third song on here, The Lost Souls on Lonesome's Way, mm-hmm. which I think might be the best part of side 1. Um it or maybe it's Vanishing Act. One of those two. There's Lost Souls and uh, Lost Souls on Lonesome Way and Vanishing Act in Blinding Kind of like one, two. Right. Um, Lost Souls uh, has this really weird thing that happened where uh, I think I actually told you to, where you were starting to mention something and I was like, no, you need to listen to this part. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Specifically yeah. because. Um, it does this really weird thing where the music starts to get really, uh, really off kilter. Uh, where the rest of the the rest of the album doesn't really have anything like that. Where it's like the singing doesn't quite match like the beat, and it's really disorienting for a second, and then it just builds to this crazy thing. That um, whereas like Vanishing Act uh, in Blinding Gray is, I think, the most oh, airy. Yeah, 100%. But then it just builds, like, it's really dynamic and builds to probably the heaviest part of the album across this. I think the song is close to 10 minutes long. A lot of these songs build. They oh, sort of, yeah. They add upon, add upon, add upon, and then there is a bit like a you know a thesis of the songs. Yeah. Of. So, like, the best way to put it, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But, like, I really, really enjoyed this record. I'm glad. Like, I really did. Um, Ko Dot has been one of those bands. I'm always kind of like nervous off to people because yeah. I don't want to say it's like a highbrow, lowbrow thing. because yeah, it's not. But it's definitely like if you enjoy like sitting down and like reading and kind of paying attention to the music a lot more, um, then there's something there. But and then like stuff like coffins of io and this album like they're great like cruising albums yeah, especially yeah. with i know we're getting off blasphemy a little bit uh coffins of io they're like goth synthy one yeah 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 uh it's a awesome just cruising album yeah you're yeah. just cruising along great groove to it um but i feel like somewhere along the way they kind of they found their groove they found yeah. their listenability like background listenability like well, you don't have you can pay attention and you'll get a lot more out of it if you do but yeah you don't, don't need, need to. to yeah yeah, yeah. this is a great just like i'm cruising to work after school <laughs> um i'm gonna go pick up jack in the box <laughs> get eat, eat their 10 piece chicken nugget and i'm gonna listen to blasphemy there are not enough 10 piece chicken nuggets out there i gotta be honest there's what no no 10 piece chicken nuggets. oh definitely not okay <laughs> although jack in the box doesn't really rank High in the high in the nugget category. If we're not nugget, please sponsor us, Jack in the Box. We're not Wendy's, right? Well, I went to Jack in the Box. This is a this is a there's very one, specific example. There's not one close enough to me. Real quick, there's one very close to you. It's right next to IKEA. I know, but it's still kind of far away when it comes to other places that are close to me. True. So real quick, sorry, um, we're getting we're getting very off topic. I want to bring this up really quick because I I it was just thought. Mm-hmm. The tacos there, are they food to you? I'm not going to Jack in the Box and ordering tacos. I can tell you that. Have you had them though? No, because I'm not going to Jack in the Box to order tacos. They are a thing that is between food and not. Okay. Um, they're edible for sure, but they're like deep fried tacos. 
Yeah, anyway, moving on. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> shall, should we move on to side two? <laughs> side two. Much more dense. Very dense. They used the term mushroom cloud on the first one. The uh, first yeah, side. in um, Turbine Hook and Hall. Yeah. Which actually, as uh, as far as the reviews I've read, seems to be the most divisive song on the album. I love. I found the most interesting song. I love this song. Yeah, but a lot of people who have gone through it have kind of just. It's like, yeah, it's there. It exists. Turbine Hook and Hall is a song that is on the album. It takes up minutes. So, but it. So it does a thing I love, Mm -hmm. and it. I don't know if you noticed on the like bass synth, it's doing this. It has this really nice pulse that reminds me of airships propellers mm-hmm. kind of going it has this like hum to it and it gives this nice vision like you were saying and imagine yourself floating in an airship going to this spot to go dig up this thing it reminded me actually of southbound pachyderm by primus yeah yeah which he's got this really cool just kind of like thumping galloping baseline that's supposed to kind of sound like airplane propellers okay well interesting and you listen to it like like i'm picking up on vibes from that which Primus is my favorite band, so sure. it's like if I'm comparing something cool I like from Primus to what you're doing, uh, it's a very cool thing. So side two, right. I know it's had a lot more sense than that. Looking it did. At, looking at the uh, we're looking at the booklet, the, the the hardcover that you handed me so gracefully. Yeah. Um, I noticed a lot of additional synth design. Yeah. Which I'm thinking to myself, okay, what does this mean? Does this mean that Tojo is like, I want you to find the sign for me. I want you to make it for me. Probably, yeah. I've noticed uh, this is all just kind of coming from reviews. Yeah, a lot of a lot of this album almost seems like he's read through the reviews and taken credit mm-hmm. and fixed maybe what people like or get about things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the criticism about Coffins of Io and Plastic House on Base of Sky uh, were that the synths. Oh, they sound great on here. They sound awesome. Awesome, yeah. Like Plastic House on Base of Sky is they're way too high in the mix. Yeah. They don't sound great. And I think a lot of the a lot of the cool like other band stuff that's yeah. happening in the music gets lost behind these like echoey reverby sensors. Like, I don't know what's happening. So what I thought about this record when it came to sense is that they um were a layer. They weren't overpowering. Yeah. They sort of added this undertone to the to the music itself oh, yeah. that set the Set the precedent for the rest of the song, and then really the rest of the record. Honestly, um, uh, I really like, I really enjoyed the sense in this. Uh, actually, especially on Turbine Hook and Hall, mm-hmm. on on the line rise. Yeah, this layer of synth comes in. It's, it's when you watch the video, it goes along with what's so happening. There's a video on this, like yeah, on, they've done two videos in their entire career. Oh yeah. One was for the song Blasphemy, and one was for the song Hall. Uh, Toby Driver actually animated uh, Turbine Hook and Hall. Is it Turbine Hook and Hall is one of their most divisive songs? Uh, as far as the reviews go, and it's not that people hate it. Actually, there's probably, I think, um, what song is it? Uh, Midnight Mystic yeah. might actually be their most divisive okay. for one specific thing. I think it's one that that song itself is one of those most compelling yeah. lyrics itself the, that part so when he's saying rise it yeah. adds extra layers of synth that's the part when the hook hooks onto blasphemy's box and is pulling it up 
through the the Kesh yeah. is what they call the uh, their ocean of deadly clouds is the Kesh when they're pulling it up and you get this sense something like traversing yeah. something not solid but still so impenetrable. I think this record when it comes to like still like tracks itself I think that it's important to know the record before it comes on like like shuffle or something like that right um yeah maybe don't shuffle this one your first time yeah through. yeah yeah go a couple times when you know the songs um one of the things that i most appreciate about this record is the world creation oh god yeah um so i'm a big fan of world creation i was a big fan of that and uh i'm gonna talk about these just for a second yeah ad astra had a lot of world creation Right. Hey, I already listened to your Ad Astra <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, um, this record had a lot of it. And I fucking love World Creation. Um, like I said, I don't think there are people out there saying that there's not a whole lot of original music because there's so much in this. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think there's... I think, I think there's more in common when it comes to music and movies than you think about. This could be a movie. I like. Three or I'd four be okay. Them, maybe. Yeah. I don't want to see. I want to see how the novel plays out oh, yeah, before sure. I decide uh, that it should be a movie. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it should be a movie, but I'm saying like like there's more in common than people think. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so I love the world creation in this. It gave me a whole different perspective on, I guess, sci-fi fantasy because, again, they don't need to tell us when it was made or where it takes place. Yeah, we just need to think about it. And we talked about earlier how about a lot of a lot of bands are like, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. Well, there's a specific vision. There's whole other storyline like um, aspects we can come up ourselves. And uh, I really enjoyed this. I'm glad. Like again, I was saying like I'm I'm glad this one like it was more immediately listenable. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Because one of these days I'm gonna show up with Hubar. <laughs> Which I I love Hubardo, right? But it is a hundred minute long. It takes some dedication to get through. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really glad you like this one, and I I think there are little moments in this that do kind of touch on to. I like I was saying this. Maybe might not be the most representational of a KO dot thing. Like if someone listened to this and was like, "Oh, I really like this," KO dot. Yeah. But it does have moments in there, like uh, what night mystic rise and fall mm-hmm. opens on like, it kind of like droning guitar things, but they're playing a black metal riff. Yeah. Like it's it's hidden under some like synths and not oh, some like distorted guitars. There's some serious driftage in this but you just have to, listen, <laughs> you have to search for it. For it's, sure. it's in there. You have to search this kind of um, and uh, honestly probably the most KO Dot song on this might be the least KO Dot song on this right. which would be Eye for a Lie. Okay. Um, which has kind of a auto-tuned vocal. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of singing to it. Um, I also have a... No, there's a lot more singing on this record than I thought there would be, by the way. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There might also just be a lot more singing on this record than there have been. Yeah, okay. Um, 
I actually do have trouble listening long because of an inside joke I have. Okay. <laughs> From working at GameStop, they played. Oh no! Her, God, what was it? it was like Defiance or Borderlands. Okay. And he did this thing in the song where he goes, <laughs> and the cadence in which he says some lines in here um, that I can't remember off the top of my head, he goes like, and I hear that every time I listen to it. So you laugh out loud. I laugh out loud and I think of my friend Hunter, who. Um, but this side of ends with blasphemy a prophecy which was the first single release for the album last song for it okay but it has the synth thing that da -da -da -da. car comes in and i don't know it all it all stacks really well and i think it's the most um like kind of like in your face album where everything is kind of it doesn't come out of nowhere but like something has definitely changed which uh blasphemy the girl released onto the world as you get this very oh <laughs> Uh, my friend Hunter and I would sing back and forth at each other uh, at GameStop. Like like during like working hours, I'm sure. Well, yeah, because either, you know, nobody was in there, but we still, we'll still sing it at each other. Um, but this side of the album also ends with Blasphemy, yeah. Prophecy, which uh, was the first single release for the album, uh, their first music video ever. But I think it has just the best groove mm -hmm. on the album it's the most kind of in your face musical thing where they kind of shed that ethereal sound that they have to it and give you some, something with like a strong beat and i i don't know i just think it's really cool it might be my favorite song on the album um even though i don't know this is kind of front to back bangers i guess on this album. <laughs> can you hand me a beer from your uh yeah. line real quick so i have a shiner in there that i should be able to get to yeah it's my uh, fourth beer guys uh, this is weird for me i think i'll have another, another yeah go beer. for it man. absolutely you got to actually you know, i'm gonna i'm gonna wait until uh we start yours okay. so um we've said a lot of good things about it um i want this to be a open critical space sure what was there anything you disliked so um i mentioned earlier how there's a theme yeah and i think that a lot of the times the theme can be um there'd be a lot of people i'm not a lot of people but some people that probably look at this and think all the songs sound the same i i could definitely um i yeah. could hear that on there like a lot of people are gonna be like when did one song start and one begin there's a very thin line be between cohesive and sane. Overall, this is a great record. I think that people should, if they're going to listen to it, they should definitely uh, invest themselves in the storyline themselves, which will help separate the little bit of the uh, sounding the same, I think, because oh, yeah. each song has a different point to make. Yeah. And um, I think that 
I think that, that the only problem with this record, if you're a passive listener, you make that important. Passive listener, then you're going to think some of it sounds the same. Yeah. Um, honestly, for me, there are, there are a couple moments, uh, like I said with the vocal performance, that it it sounds kind of musically, yeah. almost like Broadway. And I think there are moments on Banishing Act and Blinding Grave. Mm-hmm. He is, he's very much towing the line of my limits of of theatrical like yeah it it gets very theatrical um and i'm not the biggest like musical fan oh yeah Um, dude i'm (laughs) excuse me i'm just with you when it comes to musicals i cannot stand them like i it's not that i hate them or anything but i do feel like they have some certain tropes and and things that happen in them a lot that i'm not the biggest fan of um so that kind of happens every so often, but it does seem like a lot of people from on a Midnight Mystic, uh, Midnight Mystic Rise and Fall really hate the Devil Doll part. Yeah, where it's like that's where the auto tune first comes in, <laughs> um, or vocoder or whatever it is. But on Purity, that remix album that's on the Collector's Edition, uh-huh. there's a song on there that that's the loop that he uses. Okay. Devil Doll, you know, cuts that up into. I love it. Like, I really, really like what that adds to the album. But if you don't want auto tune in your avant goth records, uh, you may not like that part. But I, I think that's all I have to say on this album. I think it's. At, if you have listened to it before this, yeah. Um, when you were, um, <laughs> for the for the overall feeling of this uh, podcast, um, yeah, I haven't check it out. If you're uh, if you're reading this on Chaos Records, what would you give it? Like like like, like is it above others? I think so, but Chaos so hard because it, it they're all completely different vibe wise. Uh, but I do think it is a very good Chaos album that I immediately accept as a Chaos. Okay, there are other ones that I have a lot of trouble like remembering might be a Chaos album, or when I want to listen to Chaos going like, oh, I'm gonna go listen to this album. This one is gonna be up there with I want to listen to Chaos. I'm gonna listen to Blasphemy. Perfect. I'm bad at giving numbers. Yeah, things. yeah. I don't want to give numbers on these. Um, I mean, we can, uh, but I don't have one. Okay. But we can. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> in the future, if you want to throw numbers on stuff and you have a solid number in your head, um, we'll think about but it. It's it doesn't take out Hubardo as my favorite. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it may be sitting at a solid, like, second favorite. Okay. Third favorite. Cause, I, mean, I know you're a big fan of Kyoto. I know you're super excited about this record. I was. Yeah. So I bought the collector's edition. I think that song Blasphemy really really put me over the edge to being like, alright, fine, I'll buy, this, <laughs> I'll buy the big-ass one. So, we're going to get into Bonover, Bonover now. Yeah, I think I have talked your ear off enough and I would love to uh, listen to Bonnie Bear. So uh, the new one's called I.I. is the fourth full length by Justin Vernon from Wisconsin. Justin Vernon is the heart of 
Bonover. It's just one guy. And the, I've looked at each of his records. Well, it's each, just one guy. He's the heart and the body. The heart and the body. And uh, so each record has a different cast of players, but he is the songwriter. Okay. Uh, when it comes to Bonover, I'm a pretty casual fan. There's some people that are like diehards. But it's the biggest record that's come out in the past couple months when it comes to indie rock. Okay. The the thing about um, Bonover is that there's a strange lyricism, but it's part of what sets him apart from all the retro folk acts that came out in the wake of Fleet Foxes making it cool to sound like a Civil War musician. <laughs> like, Simmers tried and a bunch of other indie bands tried, but Fleet Foxes, they set this whole like gaggle of these people out that sound like they're, they're trying to be as quote-unquote pure as possible. Okay. Um, so, uh, starting with Fort Emma Forever Goes, his first record, um, and then his self-titled, they sort of saw, followed the same sort of theme of dreamy indie folk. Uh, dudes around the world were playing the song Skinny Love from the first one to Girls, and just getting laid immediately, right? <laughs> but they didn't listen to the lyrics, because the lyrics are kind of fucked up about Skinny Love, right? Like, they're like, right. sort of like explaining how there's no really depth to the feelings they're feeling. So, that's actually part of the reason I've actually, I've avoided yeah, I'm, yeah. Not a, I'm not a big folk fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm especially not a big fan of uh, dudes playing songs on their acoustic guitars in their college quad. Uh, and, which is that's where that's where my exposure was. Yeah, I yeah. was walking around. Dudes uh, just about to late. Yes, yeah, <laughs> see you Boulder watching these dudes sing their Bonnie Bear songs, watching them sing their. Uh, their wonder wall you know like yeah very stereotypical thing and i just what little bit i heard was kind of through this lens of these maybe, douche nozzles playing these songs yeah. maybe people who didn't get it um but i did when we made our lost episode i guess uh i told you you couldn't play this one when we were just hanging out having our regular record night and you put on a different money bear album uh-huh. Admittedly, I only half listened to it because yeah. I did want to come into this with preconceived uh, notions, vir- I, virginal ears. Okay. I wanted to hear Bonnie Bear for the first time, um, just free from any sort of hype or yeah preconceived okay. notions about what I think Bonnie Bear is um, and what I've heard. So it's like this is my just all right. I'm listening to Bonnie Bear front to back. For the first time, but as latest. Okay, so the second record, the self-titled, uh-huh. uh, was a real breakthrough. It's when they got that nomination and win for best new artist. It's Grammy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Grammy. Which both you and I know that doesn't mean shit. Yeah, big award shows don't really mean much of yeah. anything. But uh, but um, there might be something there. So it got to the point where Justin Timberlake, the bald cap and all, uh, did a skit as Boniver. <laughs> on a a skit about uh about what's Jay Z. I'm like there's just him like imitating Justin Ryan on SNL. <laughs> and so uh so what I remember most about listening to that record the first time is that the song called Beth Rest, the final song of that record, that sounds like a Richard Marx song. If you don't know who Richard Marx is, he's like this eighties artist. And I've read read about it he says that's the song he's most proud of on that record. Now, listening to it, I'm like, okay, whatever. So after um, his self-titled, he uh, went and dropped some ass or something and came out with a record called 22 A Million. 
it is glitchy. It is uh, folk record mixed with all these electronic sounds that can't like through a demented robot, right? Right. There's a song there called uh, 2715 Creeks that I can listen to in loop all day, every day. And I almost do. I really do. <laughs> I go seek that song out before I go to lunch and I listen to that song. It's amazing. But it it is um a lot through a, uh, like I said, through the lens of a fucked up machine. A broken machine. And I love their last record, 20 million. Because it is definitely, when you come to like indie rock or folk rock, this breaks that mold. This fucking twists it. And that's that's honestly mostly what I ask for from a lot of these artists is okay you get famous off this sound yeah and you've got you have two paths mm-hmm. right and you may even have three paths you have do the same thing mm-hmm. you have iterate on your sound or you have go off the fucking deep end and completely change what you're trying to do and I like this iterating changing on a sound that you already have that made you popular I think is. It's the way I find most interesting. It may not be the correct way. Oh, yeah, sure. It may not be sure. the most successful way, but it's what I find uh, stimulating from an artist. Yeah, and so, like, when you listen to an artist, you want to hear integrity. And yeah. when a, a band either, they find what they like and they stick with it and they do the same shit over and over again, you get a little turned off by it because you're like, I heard this before. Yeah. Um, depending on how good it is, honestly. Right. Uh, there's some bands that can, like the Ramones that did three records that sound the same. They're all pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's hard to go wrong with that. Uh, with, a, with a sound that you create. Yeah. Um, I, mean, there are, I feel like there are a lot of bands now, like um, Blank-182, mm-hmm. who are still trying to like capture their enema of the state, take off your pants right? and jacket sound. Right? It's like, you guys are... 20 years older than the people who yeah. recorded that album. Yeah. The guy from Alcohol Trio is now in your band. Matt Skiba is now in your band. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. I, I mean, my favorite songs were the Tom DeLonge songs, not the Mark Hoppus songs. So. Yeah, although I I am keeping an open mind and letting them do what they, sure. letting them do, what they do, letting them be artists. I'm not going to completely dismiss Matt Skiba. Yeah. Um, I didn't know his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, from, it, is, it is Matt Skiba. Okay. From... <laughs> From the band, just because he's not Tom DeLonge. Um, but when there's the they're Green Day is kind of the same thing. They're these old dudes writing juvenile high school level lyrics, and it's like, <laughs> let me hear something new. So, when it comes to uh, Bonover, they're one of the bands that came out in that wave of bands that have actually done something more interesting, right? Um. Flea Fox came out there a couple of years ago. They disappeared for minutes, and it was a pretty good record. Um, Crack Up, that's what it's called. But Bonover uh, have been consistent, and they've been interesting. Uh, like I said, you probably heard a bunch of these songs that you call dorms. Girls fawning over this bearded man with a acoustic guitar, singing Skinny Love when they're not really understanding the lyrics, they're just hearing the parts they want to hear. I never lived in a dorm. Okay. <laughs> Hearing it someplace somewhere. Um, I was never one of those guys because my voice is a when it comes to Bob Dylan, voice isn't not good but unique. Um, okay. Dylan, uh, never mine's known. just bad. <laughs> Dylan never really had good vocals. They were unique. Okay. Um, I'm a, looking at my wall. 
I mean, pre- can, for me, it's both. But <laughs> it's bad and unique. I'm a big pre-Big Bob Dylan fan. I, yeah. And you, hey, yeah, you're aware. Looking at my wall <laughs> of posters, um, I have a pretty bad one where he's looking. He's seven. He's almost eighty now, and that he books about the same when I saw him live. Yeah. Um, when you hear him live now, his songs are so boogie woogie out, you cannot recognize what he's playing. But that's also goes back to what you're saying about Kodot. Um, you were saying about studio attempts. Yeah. So he attempts songs in the studio, but they changed so much to what they were live. Right. Which is a good and a very bad thing. Hmm. Bob Dylan is an example of a very bad thing. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put this one on now, and we can uh, talk about it after it's done. Yeah, so I'm excited for this. Oh, for this Bonnie Bear attempt. What? You want to pull a beer real quick? Another beer. All right. And um, you can go on Spotify. You can go to the local record store to pick this up. I recommend, honestly, doing both. Uh, so, uh, moving on. So we just got done listening to the new Bonnevere record. And the first thing I want to say before you say anything is that I know I don't think you've listened to the past two records, but this is like a mixture of them all. Okay. So, like, they're folk thing yeah. mixed with their what'd you call it? Yeah, album. Yeah, Quitch Mob or something. Right. Like, <laughs> like like they do a lot to keep your attention to this whole record. Yeah, there's definitely a lot there. Um with it, it's really dynamic. There's a lot of sounds and stuff going on. It's had a lot of trouble. Yeah, I got you. Um, what I use the term when it comes to talk about the sugar is I talk about flourishes. Yeah, minimalists mixed with flourishes. Flourishes. Um, when you think you're figuring it out with this way the songs goes, it sort of goes a different way. That's really only the first half of this record. A lot of it can move mixed together a lot in the last half. Yeah, there's a lot of I I like that with. The- uh, it felt like the first song, especially, or may, might have even been the first two. And I, I was trying to look through the lyric book while we were listening to it, um, and it is not very clear yeah. at all <laughs> with what is happening with anything. Um, but like the first real song, like it's in like movements uh-huh. almost, and yeah, it's like as soon as you start to figure something out, it's like, oh, we're doing we're doing something different now. It's so a lot of criticisms that Justin Vernon has when it comes to lyrics or is what the fuck do they talking about? It's very opaque. Um, again, we're going to get into the real hoity-toity artist <laughs> aspect when it comes to it can mean whatever you want it to mean, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe. There were a couple of times I wrote down... Um, uh, like I was like, oh, I sure wish I knew slang because it feels it almost feels like kind of like regional uh-huh like there's a couple um a couple bands i listen to that like a lot of like sacramento specific slang yeah that i ended up having to look up on my own so i'm curious how much it's built around like slang in terms of phrases that i just flat out do not get yeah um I think 
Well, yeah, I thought about when I first saw this record how well it flows together, but that may be a bad thing also in the same aspect that it flows together too much. There was not a uh, separate uh, way to dissect it in that way. Yeah. Um, it had a lot of uh, guest stars. James Blake. I'm sure for James Blake. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I wrote down James uh, Blake and my... Jen Wasner from Wyoke. A lot of, I guess guest stars in this record yeah um because at this point justin vernon was just getting his friends together to make a record uh this record was very anti-pop i think i don't think any of these songs can play on the radio and make any sort of hit because i mean i i wrote down three separate times like is this the yeah is right, this the right. single like is this the single there's no single on this record which is a good and a bad thing the aspect i think with it's um like we were talking about with every time you think you start to figure it out it changes Uh uh-huh but then also with its cohesiveness it might work against it a little bit where it's like it has different songs Uh but since they're changing so much it's almost like you're getting like a full record of like smaller vignettes like you're getting even more which in looking at like the lyric books um all of the songs seem to almost be broken up into like three parts it looks like yeah i am i has a couple different parts in it we has like three different sections holy fields maybe i mean this speaking of impenetrable Reading the <laughs> lyrics, I'm looking at this thing and how it's set up and how it's formatted, um, and how the words are printed and how they're written out, and it's just like I have no idea. Why this is written like this? Well, <laughs> so the thing I thought um, mostly is that uh, as a uh, person who loves. Bonover in the National. I really think this is sad white guy music. <laughs> like, Maybe. That's the wrong way to put it, but like 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 I'm I'm thinking about the people listening to this record being included. Uh as a, a person who I as a person who is sad and white. Sad and white, but <laughs> you know, like um I don't I wanted to say as a married man, I wanted to feel a lot of connection, but like you said, the lyrics are impenetrable. Yeah, I think if they were more like overtly sad, it would be better sad white guy music. But I mean, there's stuff in here about faith. Maybe it's questioning faith or the progress through something. I didn't see anything like overtly sad in it. Yeah. But the music is is definitely like I'm. I'm gonna wallow for a little yeah, bit so, out of music. And then also, you sort of wonder what is folk, and Justin Vernon doesn't really give a fuck what like he's making. Yeah, like, unless like, we're talking about Marion. Marion's a folk song. Yeah, okay. like yeah, yeah. I, if there was any specific song on here, I could point. Okay. Bon Bonnie Vare is a is a folk. Arian is a folk song. So I was also sort of wondering, like, what it means to be an American musician listening to this. Like, do you think of the whole aspect of indie rock in this certain time and period? You're gonna think, 
okay, well, Bonner, Bonner's without a landscape, and are they American? And it's it's a weird way to, to phrase America, because I hate saying it. Because we're talking about, when I say America, I mean North or South America. But if you're talking about yeah, a musician from the United States of America, you have to look at this landscape, and where does Bonner fit into it? Yeah. And with a name that's a French name in that aspect, where you're going to It means fit. good winter. Yeah, right? Thank. So, um, what is it? Like, like I hate, because this is such, like, again, like, a, just such a high-minded way to look at it, because you're taking this musician who's just a musician. He's like, you or me, me and you. He is the same person, but why are we putting this person on this pedestal? Because you can't have this record that everyone's listening to. So, as a musician is American, I hate saying this, but what does it mean, right? To be, to be an American musician, even. I saw you with a furrowed brow looking at the where he's like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I guess, I mean, there, there's just a couple of moments. Um, I'm trying to make heads or tails of it. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find Talking about uh, what was it, like the stuff like that. Um, there's just a lot of lots well, to unpack in this record, and I don't think I that... don't even know where to start to unpack it. Though the problem is like I'm looking for <laughs> little threads yeah. of this uh, Boniver sweater I can. <laughs> pull on to unravel and it's like as soon as I start to unravel it uh, it's really there's just something new it's really strange to listen to the K.O. Dog record after this because the other it's people, weird that a Bon Iver album is weirder than the fucking K.O. Dog it is album. a weird record <laughs> like, 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 like I said it's a mixture of the last record is a folk record and then it mixed with uh, flourishes of of uh, electronic glitches you know like, yeah. um, and it does work against it a bit when it comes to... Okay, I found it. Okay. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt your yeah, no, thought. Go ahead. But, go ahead. Um, bricklayer with a hat down on his feet. I'll say no more. I won't lead cavalry. How long? <laughs> I do kind of feel like I'm at a open mic slam poetry night. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's a but lot it of But it sang that. very beautifully. Oh, yeah. And... Justin Vernon has... He is very fond of the falsetto he has going yeah, on. Yeah, and I I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I was trying which, to I was trying to imagine guys in their dorms trying to get laid with the, the songs. <laughs> and I couldn't see that happening with this music. No, no, he's definitely moved on. And I think I mean maybe there's nothing in the lyrics themselves uh, that could give us some sort of deeper meaning into it. Maybe he's taking a Pixies or uh, a resonance kind of uh, approach to it where he he might just be singing lyrics that Melvin's even uh, singing lyrics that sound good and
might not actually really be saying anything. It could just be like, this word sounds good at this moment. So I, I want to say that you're probably the first person. Probably on the planet to use the term pixies. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Melvins and Boniver in the same sort of like aspect. Which is the reason we do the show. <laughs> like, like, I the mean, reason, the reason we do the show is so because you and I we have a little bit of overlap in what we like, but then again we go off into different areas that each of us like something, right? right. And so, uh, I love that analogy. Can't wait to use it. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I'll I'll bring some Melvin's lyrics one of these days. They kind of have a similar kind of vibe to it sure. of. There might be some deeper meaning there. As far as I've heard from... I just It sounded good with what I was playing, so I... So if you had to sort of rate this record on which you, the initial listen... Initial listen... Uh-huh. What would you say about it? Like, if you had to tell someone, Hey, did you hear that new Bonham record? You go, yes, let, let me tell you what I saw, thought about it. Um, as a person who has not listened to Bon Iver before, I'm maybe blown away. Like, I'm really surprised that something as layered and as uh-huh. as this is uh, as popular as it is. And I don't know if it's riding the wave of that second, like, album. Um, kind of putting up with what this guy does but i mean popular folk music right now like that's super cool yeah like i think that's really cool i uh i don't know if i'll come back to this specific album but it does make me super previous records yeah yeah. the glitchy one Uh, um 22 million yeah the one like i really if i did if i had to rate them it'd be um, self-titled, 22 million, and then this one. Okay. Um, but they all have different elements of what I'm looking for when I want to get connected to something. Right. Uh, this, it's weird listening to this right after listening to the K.R. record, because this one is uh, very nebulous, right? Right. The K.R. record is kind of focused on the story, which is fucking great, by the way. I want to mention that. That K.R. record, I have so many things to think about that record. This one's so nebulous that they're, the only theme is sonically. Mm-hmm. Um, this record has a lot of sounds that, that a lot of times are hard to tell when it's one song ends and one begins. Right. I was going to say on... Um, gosh, what song was it? Uh, we. That song, like, as soon as the lyrics are done, like, the song just stops. Yeah. Like, I was, <laughs> I was kind of thrown off that it was like it doesn't have some sort of just, like, rail off thing or if it, it it does but it's like very it's very sudden like the song doesn't just stop but it's like as soon as he's done all right we're moving on to a different song now yeah so like, you yeah, don't hear that very often yeah this is none of these songs are a single you can't say no i mean i wrote down three that could potentially be singles but i mean i'm i'm talking like this is this is a it's a popular band, so it's a a high budget. Probably something out there. Oh yeah. Um, 
So I would say maybe Marion, maybe Rabbi, uh, and maybe Salem as yeah. far as single. Singles. Those were the three that I wrote down as being like, this might be a single. But then at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's probably it's single. A, it's a fucking weird record. It's really, I'm, again, I'm really surprised at how just going from my only exposure to Boney Bear being couple weeks ago when you were over here listening to barely i wouldn't even say that yeah. counted as me listening to it because we were just talking over yeah um but just you know hearing uh and seeing it yes like you said dude's trying to get laid <laughs> uh just indie folk thing not my thing and this is Honestly, very much my thing. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to being weird and being interesting, it is Bonnevere are that band that out of that ilk of Fleet Foxes ripoffs that actually have their own thing going on. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel, man? Like, how you feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling great. Yeah. I mean, we listened to two good songs, had some good beers, and yeah, I like doing those things. All right, let's do this again soon. We should. Uh, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, what do you got? What do you got going on? I know. So I, I do another podcast called Movies That Don't Suck and Something to Do. That was one I've been doing about almost ninety episodes now. Dang, you guys are getting up there. Yeah, we're up a, there. You watch a lot of movies. I watch so many movies, and I'm really glad that I had the time to come in and do a podcast about music. Right. So what else do you got going on? I have a video game podcast kind of thing. It is a a show that is within a like youtube kind of let's yeah, play channel sure. uh called the cool bandana guys uh-huh. um so we do a monthly club where one of us game everyone's gonna play and then we stuff like that so if you were to tell people to look for you how would you tell them to look for you Go on YouTube and search "Cool Bandana Guys." Okay, all right. We don't we don't have anything as official as uh, movies that, that don't, don't suck. suck and some that yeah. Do. If you guys want to look for my podcast, my other one with uh, my very loud guest Neil, um, it's uh, you can find us on YouTube, on YouTube uh, not YouTube, but uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, which I think you listen. To I listen to it on Spotify and um, and iHeartRadio. We're fucking anywhere you find podcasts, we're there, and I hope that. When you find this, it'll be where you can find podcasts. So, uh, why don't you take us out, brother? Uh, you want to just like play us out? Like, I'm Chris. Oh, I'm Ryan. And this is Record Night. This is Record Night with Chris and Ryan, or Ryan and Chris. We haven't quite decided yet. No, no. So, uh, this was our, this was our trial run, our maiden voyage. Um, it will, it will be for the masses to hear. Yeah, nobody, nobody smashed a, uh, champagne bow of either of us so we're yeah we're pretty much unbruised aren't we yeah all right so uh we'll see you guys next time see you next time